Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, sports betting season is in full force. NHL and NBA playoffs, we enjoyed those, and now football season is here. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MYBETUS. US, you can receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. No matter what the season, BetUS has all the games, NBA, NHL, team, player props, loads of NFL and college plays, whether futures or individual game odds. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf, Golf and round matchups and live betting on most sports, including golf. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the race book has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and partner with a sports betting company with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. In the South, it's always college football season, and the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. So... Back to a question I asked a month ago and a suddenly dangerous scenario for the SEC's playoff hopes. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Thursday. Hope you're having a glorious existence today. I mean that. And I got to update things. It will be accurate as of, uh, when is the 8th? Is that two weeks? So, all right, first full week October, whenever that is. Um, uh, nine states, 55 sticks. Knoxville, Tennessee, sup. So anyway, we'll, we'll uh, make that official when it happens. Um, getting what middle of October, I mean uh, November, beginning of November, whenever that is. Uh, I said back to a question I asked a month ago, <clears throat> and when I asked it a month ago, it was only a horrifying, fanciful scenario that I felt justified to bring up. Now I want to tell you. When I asked a question a month ago, 
this is not me saying, hmm, hmm, spike the football moment. I am King Stradamus. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that a month ago, it was a fanciful scenario that that would horrify one conference if it were to come to pass. And while I'm saying, you know, I ain't pointing out, hey, look at me, I'm, I, I might be right about this. I'm saying I left out at least 51% of the importance here. The suddenly dangerous scenario for the SEC's playoff hopes. The question I asked, following Georgia Tech at Clemson, which was Saturday three of the season, the question I asked following Clemson's win over Georgia Tech at Death Valley, came in that day, and I was like, folks, they, some things are wrong at Clemson. Not something. Some things are wrong at Clemson. What if they go 9-3? and three? <gasps> Clutch the pearls. No, it was a real question, and I felt justified to present a fanciful scenario that was not going to unfold actually that way, but hey, if it did... What if Clemson went nine and three? And I talked about it just strictly in the fishbowl of, well, there goes the ACC's hopes. And remember, we had already seen UNC take the pipe back the first Friday night of the season. And so North Carolina wasn't looking real North Carolina at that point. So it wasn't like, whoo, Tar Heels to the rescue out of a phone booth when Kate flying in the wind, big T on their chest for Tar Heels. Um, no, that was not it. It was, what if Clemson goes 9-3? and three, What happens to the entirety of the Atlantic Coast Conference this season and maybe going forward? Because nobody else is really, in my estimation, what would that have been? September 20th. Um, in my estimation, there are some programs on the rise and some not, but no other program anywhere in that conference is ready to really be a playoff team. Now, they could qualify by virtue of a 12-1 and record and a conference championship, and well, oh, every Pac-12 champ lost two. Mm, Big 12 champ lost three. All right, come on. Um, yeah, I mean, there are programs like NC State that could, it just all falls for them. And they're good enough to make that happen, but it would have to all fall for them. But I was asking again, just from the standpoint of basically when I said, what if Clemson goes nine and three? The, qu- the actual question is, what happens to the ACC? Where are they if Clemson goes nine and three? And I ask that again from the standpoint of fanciful scenario that is not going to play out this way, but hey, it's a legitimate conversation now, folks. Clemson's going to be staring at three losses Saturday night. I think they lose Saturday. And that means going nine and three to go all the way back to a month ago when this question I asked that there's no way it's going to happen, but but let's just ask it now because I think it's real. After watching what happened against Georgia and then the fact that you had to have a freshman running back recover a fumble in the end zone or else you might lose to Georgia Tech. And by the way, let me open the curtains on the Yellow Jackets. They're very not good. They, they do not value the football. 
They they make a lot of mistakes, and they will keep almost any team sort of in the game. Duke, really bad. You know what Georgia Tech did? It kind of kept Duke in the game. That team in your home stadium, you had a freshman running back like four months ago, he's at prom, and now he's saving your bacon? He fumbled, but still. He's in the game. He's, when's the last time 18-year-old running back showed up in Clemson, South Carolina? Is like, uh, I guess I'm starting. I, Dan, I'm asking. And probably Travis Etienne, huh? Did he as a freshman? I think so. Whew. Wasn't Tavian Feaster a year older than him and thought it was going to be his turn? Maybe that's how it went. And Tavian looked around and was like, um, hmm, now I'm fourth on the depth chart, but I can start in Columbia. Measuring stick. <laughs> Meet the Gamecocks. Um, so, so that's Clemson right now. After that Georgia Tech game, I came in that Monday and I was like, folks, let's just talk about because there are some things wrong with the Tigers. And I don't know my and, – and that's true with every team. It should be. Every team after three weeks – only three weeks of the season? Yeah, we all got a laundry list. It's just two things. How many items? Like how long is your list? And how fixable as the season unfolds are your problems? And I looked at Clemson, and I was like, no, they're not fixable because it starts with the offensive line, and I'm staring at a quarterback who, who's not confident. And when you're not confident, you hesitate, even when the receiver really did break open and it looked like it should have happened because the safety was out of place because he bit on the run. And so, hey, he's all the way up at, you know, right at the line of scrimmage. I bet when the receiver makes his break, so I'm supposed to throw it right now. I remember the head coach telling me, Make the throw as soon as you see the safety. Make the throw right past his ear. Make the throw, but mm, I'm not real confident. Oh, he's open now. Okay, now I'll throw it. Hey, Dan, what happens when the quarterback waits till the receiver's open? Then they're not open. Yeah, they ain't open no more. And it's either an incomplete pass because the defense is like, whoa, wait a minute, dude's open. Whew, okay, I'm here. You got to let it rip a second before the break. In most cases, week two when you're playing South Carolina State, nah. Week three when you're playing Georgia Tech, yes. And Jeff Collins was like, "Wait a minute, I just outcoach he and uh, who's a Thacker." He's like, "We just outcoach them. They've got the Breaking Bad storage facility. All right, D. Rad, the athletic director yonder, Clemson. He's got that." He's got that rented storage facility with $80 million on a pallet. Jeff Collins, he can't expense chewing gum. And he's looking across the field going, I just outcoached them. That's where Clemson was after three weeks. And I was like, okay, even this country boy sees what's going on at Clemson. So let's ask a question about them going nine and three. Not that they will. They're going to have their third loss Saturday. They are horrid on offense and having to take a lot of chances to create points. Now, the unexpected flip side of this very game, because they're on the road at Pitt at Heinz Field. I've never known Heinz Field to be a really tough place to play on a Saturday. Sunday's different. 
Monday night, certainly. Saturday, mm, it's kind of there for you. It's a nice, nice joint, but it is not intimidating in the least. In fact, given how Clemson's been playing, they may prefer to go on the road to a more of a – it's almost like they're going to a pro day. But the unexpected flip side to this, do you know what – do y'all know what Pitt's record is? They're 5-1. and one. They're 2-0 and oh in the conference. 5-1, and 2-0 and oh in the ACC. And now in Greensboro, do you know – what the real hope, if you take Commissioner Phillips and everybody in Greensboro and drop them in the room of truth, do you know what their hope is? Their hope is Pitt wins Saturday, runs the table, including Charlotte, and the conference is back in the playoff discussion. Spoiler alert, under that scenario, your conference champ will have lost to Western Michigan. Week three, folks. Your ACC 2021 champion would have lost to Western Michigan, gave up 44 to the Broncos. So, um, yeah, uh, probably not going to unfold quite that way. King of college football, no matter where you go, with a new Southern Sports Today app. Catch the best college football conversation in the South everywhere with the SST live stream and daily podcast. Downloaded now at the App Store and the Google Play Store. Now, more of the best college football talk in the country. It's the Chuck Oliver Show. Just a text. Um, I think, you know, normally probably would have called him, actually would have called him, but. I think with the game of us playing them kind of was a little strange. Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin. And that was earlier today, wasn't it? Oh, today's – yeah, that was yesterday. I'm sorry. That was the SEC coaches teleconference. For a second, I was like, yeah, that was – no, 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 today is Thursday. Uh, Because that means we got college football tonight. It was Lane Kiffin, SEC coaches teleconference, and he was asked, and, and, and it's, a, it's a fair question, um, but I don't think whoever asked the question, I don't think he or she tried to get into Lane Kiffin's point of view there because clearly the question was, uh, playing LSU this week, uh, have you had a conversation yet with Ed Ogeron? Because they're boys. I mean, they go back like – 20 years or 19 years or whatever it was they were they coached together as assistants at usc and then they did whatever they did and separated he went to the raiders lane did and then uh when he was at tennessee in fact i remember asking him about this i was up there for a friday night scrimmage whenever that was february of 09 maybe and one of the first thing i wanted to ask him about because i'm a big ed ogeron fan as a personal sort of as as I will evaluate him as a coach differently like you've heard Chris Landry on here and I've had somebody say man Landry must hate Ogeron I was like no he was in his wedding no they're 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 good friends um I think I'm pretty good friends with Chris Landry if he were evaluating me as a pole vaulter I I think it would get pretty brutal and it should um but 
but I'm a big fan of Coach O on a personal level. And transgressions as they may be, and, and I'm talking, boy, they look like they're picking up velocity. But um, I asked him, I asked Lane, one of the first things, I was like, boy, you one of your first hires here, Coach Ogeron. And so we talked about that when he was the head coach at Southern Cal, when he left uh, Medal of the Night, um, when he left to go back to L.A. Ed Ogeron. In fact, did that's he took over. After Lane got canned at the airport, that's exactly what it was. And that's when he, honestly, I think the guy probably earned the job. And I can say, couldn't have turned out worse for Southern Cal. I mean, really, it could not have. I think he probably earned the job, but he didn't get the job. But he took over for Lane with Lane's blessings. Like, heck yeah, get paid, brother. And so here is why i don't think that he or she asking the question tried to get into lane's space the closer you are to someone the more there is an understanding that despite what the bad news may be i know i can give you space because if you need something i don't have to offer the closer you are and like i said they go back the closer you are this could be anything it'd be death in the family the closer you are, you can send a text. Here, send. That's all you got to do. The the more distant you are, you show up with a casserole. And you and you kind of stay for a minute. That's what you do. So so that's what I, you always I always have given space when somebody gets canned. I had a buddy of mine get whacked from ESPN. That was a good job. And um, he worked with Colin. Like, it was a good job. And the, I was like, you need me, send. And then we talked. Like, people who didn't know him, well, they had to have a conversation. Hey, man, are you okay? How are you doing? Do you know how quickly you get – Dan, you ever been fired? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how, uh, how quickly do you get tired of, hey, man, how are you doing? Um, more of the, Hey, hang in there. It'll be better. All I ain't that a fourth grader. Try not to think about it. It's like, um, it'll I be mean, for the best. Yeah. Right. All of those well, things. Well, If I could DeLorean to next August when it already has turned out that way. But so the closer you are, you know, that you don't have to express it because when you're kind of distant, but you know, you'll see them. Oh man. If I don't see him for six months then I can, Hey man, sorry about the job loss. I got to check in now. Closer you are, you know, you don't have to do that. And so that's what Lane was basically saying. It's like, nah, send a text, but we'll, we'll meet up at some point. And coaches always do it after the season anyway. That's when they have their social time. What up, Dan? Well, the other part of it as well is that I think that you probably will have some people. Well, if Lane supposedly really wants the LSU job, isn't that kind of a slap in the face to his friend? Now, with coaches, to your point, like you just brought up, no, it's not. Because coaches know there's only a finite amount of these jobs and the only thing that really draws the ire is if you go about it in the wrong way. Here's an example. When there were rumblings of a team that I was covering that that coach could be out of a job and somebody else who possibly could be up for it had talked about that job, people got upset because it was, hey, man, you're talking about somebody else's livelihood, somebody else's job, somebody else's money 
while they are still yeah. in that job. That ain't cool. You can talk about it once they're gone. It's kind of the old don't speak ill of the living, don't or is it don't speak ill of the deceased? Either one. It kind of serves the same purpose yeah. here where it's, no, dude, don't you talk about that job until you get it. That's why you never see coaches openly talk about a job or infer to anything because they let the agents do it. Oh, they yeah. stay out of the clear. Yeah, and one thing, all coaches – and you follow this no matter what the subject is, the topic, the date. Coaches hate hypotheticals. Coaches hate. Coach, if, no, I don't like ifs. Got to have some details, I promise you. Another great weekend of pro and college action. And let's get a look at the odds. Brought to you by BetUS. Hi, I'm Dan Matthews. Let's take a look at those lines. How about we start with LSU at Ole Miss, 3.30 kick, just outside the Grove. Rebels favored by nine. They are minus 3.50 money line. Tigers are plus 2.90. Over-under is 76. Clemson at Pitt. Panthers are the home favorite at minus three. Pitt is minus 155 on the money line. Clemson is plus 135. Over-under, 48. Alabama hosting Tennessee. Crimson Tide favored by 25. Over-under is 67. Ohio State is at Indiana. Buckeyes, a 21-point favorite. Over-under is 60 and a hook. USC and Notre Dame for a night game in South Bend. Irish favored by 6.5. They are minus 260 money line. Trojans plus 220. Over-under is 57.5. Let's head to the pros. The Bears are at the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay, 13-point favorite. They are minus 750 money line. Chicago, plus 550. Over-under, 47. Monday night, Saints at the Seahawks. New Orleans, a rare road favorite. Four and a half for this one. They are minus 220 money line. Seattle, plus 180. Over-under is 42 and a half. How would you like to earn some money just by signing up for BetUS? Enter a couple of promo codes. How about SST125? With this promo code, BetUS is giving you 125% on a sign-up bonus. For example, your first deposit, $100, you're getting an extra $125 in your pocket. You're using cryptocurrency? No problem. Enter the promo code SST220. When you do this, you get a 200% sign-up bonus on crypto deposits. So if that first one is $100, you're getting an extra $200. That's a look at some of the odds from the weekend coming up in football. Brought to you by BetUS, America's favorite sportsbook for over 25 years. Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. Our next guest, boy, impresses me for so many reasons. Um, One of them is he has a podcast with Saturday Down South, and it actually comes out twice a week. Now, I have a podcast that I tell you comes out weekly, and it's been like three weeks since I've actually posted one. It's about baseball cards and other really cool nerdy stuff. But uh, the personal schedule gets caught up and et cetera, et cetera. No, this guy actually has two podcasts that come out every week, plus some other just very, very interesting and uh, very readable information at Saturday Down South. If you're a fan of the SEC, no doubt about it. I want to welcome on a good friend of mine, Connor O'Gara, right now. Connor, brother, how are you today? 
I'm doing well, Chuck. Now I got a question for you. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. game used glove baseball card that I've been holding on to for roughly, oh, I don't know, like the better part of 20 years. Wow. Could you tell me what that value is today? Uh, it's going to be, it's going to, if, if it's a numbered piece, if it's a serial numbered, you know, three of 19 or whatever, if it's um, what set it comes from, if it's an officially licensed set, there's all kinds of stuff that, that it will determine the value. But can I tell you, just on the description, all of them are going to be right answers. So, so whatever it was you paid for that twenty years ago, you are uh, you're going to wind up ahead. I can promise you. Yeah, I got it in a pack, and it was like it was stunning. Yep. It was one of those things where I only I was supposed to get like ten cards in the pack, and then I ended up getting like three or four. And I'm like, wait, all these all these cards are stuck together, and they're like, no, 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 no. They no, unfold. That is a you, yes, exactly. That, it's a, that, it's a, that is, called a book card. Take that. That's, that's amazing. Exactly. That's a fantastic card. I have some, and I'll tell you a story. Then I have a buddy of mine. And it's the same thing that you know these football card packs. They come nine cards in every pack. Um, well, he got one card in his, and he's like, "What is this?" He unfolds it. It was the N A M A T H from a Jets Namath jersey that had been each letter taken off of the nameplate and then put oh, onto gosh. an individual quote card that unfolded. Unbelievable, Paul. So, wow. yeah, it's good stuff there. Um, and you know what? About every, quote, every week when my podcast comes out, uh, you know what? We'll talk about <laughs> your, uh, your card next time, I promise. Now, there's another reason I'm, I'm impressed with you, my friend. Um, I think it was maybe back either before week one or right after I asked you about Florida. And, you know, as the second best team in the East, can they ascend and, you know, threaten Georgia or however I said it? And you were like, hold it. I think Kentucky's the second best team in the uh, SEC East. Kentucky is by far the best, second best team in this division, and there are folks that would like to have a conversation if they're the best team in the conference after Georgia and Bama, and and I'll at least have that conversation with them. Um, tell me what you liked about so so much about Kentucky going into the season. It, it's a fair thing to to say, and look, I, I was down on Kentucky compared to where they are right now. I had it with an eight and four projection, which. Regular season for Kentucky, that's that's pretty good in a standard year. What I underestimated was just how good this defense is. The front seven especially. Josh Pascal is playing at an All-America type level this year. J.J. Weaver, the six-fingered wonder, has been doing big things for Mark Stoops. And it's the overhaul that they had on offense. Being able to modernize Eddie Grand's system and turn to Liam Cohen and say, you know what? This is what we need to be running. And you've seen the versatility from Kentucky in some of these games. I just thought they played really well against Georgia. And I look at some of the throws that Will Levis makes, and I know that it didn't necessarily result in a win or even a a close loss. But I was like, man, this guy is putting the ball exactly where it needs to be against that pass rush. And I was so impressed with him. I think Kentucky has such a bright future. We'll kind of wait and see if Wondell Robinson is gone for the NFL after this year, as many are speculating. But, man, I just love the job that Mark Stoops has been doing. He's my SEC coach of the year right now. All right, head to Athens, uh, talk Georgia. And I'm asking, you know, anybody who has observed the dogs this year, do you see something that you – you estimate could be a crack against uh, an elite opponent? I want to see what it looks like when they're playing in a true close game against a, a quality foe, a team that can actually score. I want to see what it looks like when they have to get fourth quarter stops 
with that defense late. Now, we, we saw against Clemson, you know, that's a little bit of a different story. They had such a significant yeah. advantage defensively. I mean, how many times did Clemson even get into the red zone? Maybe that they had the one time after the JT Daniels interception, that was it. So I, I want to see what that looks like now. <laughs> Maybe Georgia's defense won't even present that situation, and we won't see that. But Kirby Smart said with, I think it was, which game was it? It was a couple of weeks ago that his defense just kind of looked tired. It was, it was the Auburn game in the first half. He's like, defense just kind of looks tired. I'm thinking to myself, you've got more dudes than anyone. You rotate them in and out. You never play in a competitive fourth quarter. What do you mean that they're tired? Like, that's, that's what I didn't really understand. So we'll kind of wait and see how that plays out. But, man, if I'm picking a national champion, Georgia is it right now. And I, I would not take the field. I would take them to win it all. All right, just uh, a couple more items about the East, and then we'll jump over to the the drama from the West. Uh, In the East, uh, Tennessee, and this is just sort of an open-ended, throw Heupel and those guys a a little bit of a bone here because I would would guess that you're a little bit like me. You look at them and go, you know, my estimation, they're not going to win the division or the conference this year or next or maybe even in 23. But they're better, and and for the kids who stayed in Knoxville, I applaud them, and and this is kind of their reward, even coming off another loss the other night. I've been really impressed with Tennessee this year, and I said in the preseason, I was way off on this. I said Tennessee is going to have the worst defense in the SEC. Tim Banks yeah. is really good at being a tough spot. They don't play complimentary football. It's the up-tempo. It's the hurry-up. I thought they were going to be in a world of hurt after all the transfers that they lost, and they have far exceeded my expectations. And Elante Taylor, Tyler Barron, those guys have really done some strong things for Josh Heupel's defense in year one, but it's the offense with Hendon Hooker. When Hendon Hooker is healthy that offense has an identity think of how many teams across college football right now including the clemson team that we just talked about don't have an offensive identity yet and tennessee absolutely does it blows me away that hendon hooker wasn't the week one starter and that joe milton was but when he is out there and he still has a year of eligibility left so we'll see kind of what that looks like you know if he is hurt for you know more significant time but i I really like what we've seen i like when tyon evans is out there i thought he is exactly what they need in that game-changing back sort of role that they have really lacked in years past. So I tip my cap to Josh Heupel in year one. They've, they've definitely surpassed my expectations. Last thing about the East, let's go to Gainesville and UF, and I will give you my opinion that leadership and maturity and everything else that Emory Jones has buckets full of, that's not a lottery scratch-off ticket against a team like Georgia, and that's what you need. AR-15 is that scratch-off that, you know what, maybe he throws three picks, but maybe he has three carries for 105 yards. Um, that's, that, that is my takeaway from having watched those kids sort of ping-pong throughout the season. Um, give me your take on the UF quarterback situation. Couldn't agree with you more. And I think you, you need to be willing to take the good with the bad with Anthony Richardson right now because the good isn't good enough with Emory Jones. That's the problem. We've seen the bad. We saw the bad against FAU. We saw the bad against USF. Now, he played better against Alabama. He absolutely did. And I I applaud the kid for the way that he has handled all of this scrutiny because there are a lot of kids who would have been in the transfer portal yesterday with the way that Anthony Richardson has been talked about. But to me, if Dan Mullen isn't playing Anthony Richardson, he's doing that entire team a disservice because he gives them the best chance to win football games. And we're in the latter half of the season now. And yeah, I get it. You've invested all this time and energy into Emory Jones, but you have a lost season at this point. You've already suffered three SEC losses. You're not yep. going anywhere. You might as well put in the young kid, see what he can do, 
See if Florida can be this year's version of 2020 Georgia. Put in the new quarterback, the more talented quarterback. See if you can get hot down the stretch. Change the narrative. See if your team can get hot. And just see what your team is capable of. But I think that move needs to be made in Jacksonville. Bounce over to the West. Let's uh, let's go to Baton Rouge. Uh, first of all, who's going to be the coach there? If, if you had to bet your Saturday down south pension on this. Oh, gosh, that's a good question. And, and you know, they match, by the way, folks. Much. I've seen it. They match. So. <laughs> Uh, let's let's go with oh man, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's Mel Tucker. I'm gonna say it's Mel Tucker. I'm gonna go with what Bruce Feldman was reporting that there is some serious interest within that building to get me Michigan State coach and someone who has worked under Kirby Smart and worked under Nick Saban. Some of that Georgia fans in your neck of the woods know all too well. That, that Mel Tucker is a rising name in this business, and he is someone who has turned around Michigan State after inheriting a really bad situation. He went from being the guy that Michigan State overpaid for to now being a national coach of the year candidate in year two. It's amazing to watch what he has done with the transfer portal the way that he has been able to recruit already at michigan state he would do really good things at lsu and i have no doubt about that i i I am believing that he is more of a realistic candidate than a jimbo fisher who doesn't have the same situation at texas a&m that he had at florida state that's the biggest difference for me jimbo fisher is everything you could ever want right now at texas a&m he's not going there so i think that that's the most realistic option and it wouldn't be surprised if bell tucker end up in baton rouge how do you think it goes on Saturday uh, with Ole Miss and LSU? <laughs> you know, it's funny. We were kind of wondering, like, are we going to get this Coach O interim vibes type of performance moving forward now that he's out of a job, but he's still going to be coaching there? And they sort of already got that last week, yeah. right? Like, he knew he was gone, and, you know, LSU players, for whatever reason, figured it out. They didn't figure it out the week before. I was there against Kentucky, and I was a lost football team. So now – all bets are off. I wouldn't touch that game with a 10-foot pole if I was ban- if I was gambling. But it, I think it depends on whether or not Matt Corral is going to be out there. If Matt Corral is going to be out there, this is a matchup that still sets up really well for Ole Miss. Nobody in the country has a lot more passing touchdowns than that LSU defense, and they're banged up. They're the scooter gang. You saw those those pictures that surfaced before the Florida yeah. game. It's amazing Florida didn't have more success in the passing game. I was shocked. I was like, are. are you aware of who's not on the field right now on, on defense uh, for LSU? Yeah, and it seemed like Florida was just content to throw balls up there and hope hope for the best, and then they end up throwing Connor, four interceptions on on first oh. down. I'm like, it's you've got just throw it away. You don't have yeah. to try that on first and second down. Like they've explained the math of the of the situation, right? And, and LSU is, is in position to be able to still capitalize on those opportunities, right? Like they're not bad enough where they're just going to drop those opportunities. They still have enough depth to be able to figure that out. But it, it depends because if they're facing a, tr- uh, you know, a true freshman, Luke Altmaier, uh, for, the, for Ole Miss, yeah. that's different than facing Matt Corral, who in my opinion should be the, the undisputed favorite for the Heisman Trophy at this stage of the game. I hope we see some John Rice Plumley. I saw what he did against LSU a couple years ago. Man, he ran all over that national championship winning defense it'd be so fun to see him back out there i doubt that we will in a full-time quarterback role but there should at least be a john rice plumley package connor thank you for your time man appreciate you absolutely all right connor gara from saturday down south and yeah john rice plumley was two years ago uh giant games because he there were a couple of games or a few games maybe three four i can't remember that he might not have played at all or nothing that was significant. And then there were maybe the same amount of games, maybe five games that he started. And he went for a thousand yards. 
and I said he's the best he's the best running quarterback in college football and I believe that's true Matt Corral might win the Heisman Trophy means he's the best player not a segment not a position which if you're going to be the best anything well quarterback's a good one best running quarterback now we're going to segment it well Matt Corral as as Connor said he could be the Heisman Trophy winner I have no I have no issue with that at all but there was sort of pushback and I remember from Bama folks and again I don't have the details and I'm not going to look it up it's not worth it but it was against Bama and then LSU and there was ah that was all garbage time and I was like no not it was not all garbage time it absolutely was not and when the game was at least still within reach if Ole Miss gets into the end zone which they then did uh if the game was still within reach now the LSU thing had been stretched out a little bit I believe and he had one run where I mean that kid took three steps and he was at top speed and he was haul in buggy and then that was kind of the end of him playing quarterback at Ole Miss at the end of that season so I don't know how it's going to look on Saturday but I know it's an uber important a critical game for Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss it really really is because what you want is a November narrative in Oxford that you ain't got in Starkville that's what if if there was reversed do you know what you want more than anything we got something in November in conference in Starkville that you don't have at Oxford uh, that's that right now it's the Rebels turn so that's what they want just a I mean a critical game for that program and for LSU uh, I kind of agree with what Connor was saying we've talked about this it's sort of like the victory tour the farewell hey we're still all on friendly terms that only lasts a little bit and then you realize this is a lot of work there is there is no sport like football out yonder no sport that requires so much work and almost none of it's fun i told you the only fun thing about football is playing games that's it the games that's the only fun part about it brotherhood and teamwork and yeah all that stuff yeah that's all there that's all real it's not fun we came together yeah how did you come together during three a days in august in south georgia we came together yeah then then you had friday nights and that was what was fun uh, all right, we're going to break, and we will come back. Wrap up our one next. Now back to the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. All week, all year, it's all college football on the Chuck Oliver Show. We continue on this Thursday. Appreciate Connor O'Gara coming on from Saturday down south. Um, There was something I was talking about a little bit yesterday, and it was the situation out at Oklahoma. And Oklahoma is one of those programs that folks in the SEC – look about look at right now and go hmm what will they do to our chances when I was talking earlier about it's dangerous to the SEC the scenario unfolding and that would be Pitt actually getting the ACC back into playoff contention because right now the SEC looks around and thinks hmm all right two playoff bids works for us it worked a lot more before Alabama lost out in college station you were looking at a repeat of I think in 2009, I want to get this right, and I don't know that I'm going to. There was one year, I know Florida and Alabama played each other in the SEC championship game in back-to-back seasons, 
And I want to say they were one and two both seasons, but the rankings flipped. And there was a year I was looking, I was like, man, they're, they're, they both should advance. They, they both should be in the national championship game, for instance. And that just wasn't going to happen because we were still in a, quote, two-team playoff. Well, we're not a two-team playoff anymore. And so the opportunity to actually get two teams, quote, in, yeah, it's a lot more doable. It doesn't have to be like in 2011 when Alabama lost at home. And then LSU was told, yeah, remember when you went on the road and beat this team? Okay, well, now you got to beat him a second time. Okay, so we have to go 2-0 and against Alabama to win the national championship? Yes. What does Alabama have to go against us to win the title? 1-1. One and one. Well, that didn't seem fair to us. Well, yeah, but that's just how it works out. But if we're picking in the team, and the, yeah, but it's a TV show. So that's why Oklahoma State is not going to the national championship game because we're sitting here thinking, hmm, Alabama or Oklahoma State? What makes the best television program? Alabama and so that's back then two teams two teams in the playoffs and so we take an extreme scenario for the Southeastern Conference to nab both now it doesn't happen every year but it can and I mean that it can happen every year it can in August there is a reason for us to talk every single year about the Southeastern Conference potentially getting two teams in so you need to expand out and see who else is trying to poach those. That scenario in the ACC, when Clemson clearly is way off its game and has no more room for, oh, and they lost. Okay, well, there, there that goes. The whole ACC, throw them all out. I think I was even using the language last week, dissolve the ACC. Not really. It's not like defund the police. I'm, I just, it's just something you, you, you shout. So dissolve the ACC because just how bad some of the teams are performing. And even a team that's undefeated like Wake Forest, you look at them and go, yeah, that's good for Wake Forest. But the scenario is that suddenly Pitt is back in the playoff discussion. That's not good for the SEC. Do you know what else is not good for the ACC? Or is it good the SEC? It's not good that Oklahoma, who's been dancing next to the dragon all season, might have actually found the answer at quarter. But Caleb Williams is not good news for Greg Sankey. Do you know it was good news for Greg Sankey and everybody else in the Southeastern Conference when Clemson got a second loss? Do you know it was good news for Sankey and everybody else in the SEC when Ohio State lost at home to a team playing without its best uh, player? Do you know it was good for Greg Sankey and everyone in the SEC when OU lost to Tulane? Oh, no, they didn't lose. They almost lost to Tulane. When OU almost lost to Texas, when OU almost lost to, that, almost didn't do anything. And the more I watched Oklahoma till about two weeks ago, I was like, they're, they're off. There's something wrong. It's just like Clemson, except Clemson somehow in a conference that I don't think is better has already picked up two losses. They had the Georgia game, but still. So OU play one matches. Every single week, playing with matches. It's like, it's going to happen at some point. OU is this close to me saying, next. And then they made a change. And then Caleb Williams is the quarterback. And now that offense 
it looks like it's supposed to with Lincoln Riley once again. Now, what happens with Spencer Adler? I don't know. I don't know what happens with oh, – no, hang on, I do. I was about to say, I don't know what happens to that big old truck in that Dodge Challenger. He had a Dodge dealership out there in Norman say, hey, name, image, likeness, come on to the lot. Pick out two of whatever you want. He showed up. He's like, I'll take that giant truck, and I'll take uh, ooh, that smoke gray Challenger, not the Charger. The Challenger. The Challenger's the big one. The night, the Chargers can be the four-door, the very affordable one that a college kid can probably. You can pay a little bit and get some side molding, and you know you can have the muffler that makes it that honeycomb thing. You can make it into something. The Challenger. It don't need your help. He got, he got both of those. He also got benched, and then the owner of the dealership's like, oh, well, yeah, he can keep those cars i guess because we said he could have them it's not how name image lightning is supposed to work and based on how the uh ou offense was looking this isn't how it's supposed to work either they were supposed to be still stuck in the mud they were supposed to be in danger of losing everything and now with caleb williams it looks like they've got not they got an answer no it looks like they got the answer gotta start paying attention to the sooners again Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.